What more can one say? This is game seven. I'm I'm getting real sick of being a Senators fan and not being able to have nice things. Like, we got – first, it was Borvieski, Then it was Craig Anderson. And now it's Bobby Ryan. And I want to just go into it right away, and I want to just vent. I tried to write something up. I tried to write up an actual rant so I could collect my thoughts, and I could not collect my thoughts on it. I thought about it for days. I thought about it over the weekend. I tried typing. I sat down in my bed with my laptop trying to type something out, and I couldn't. So, I, so I'm going to go on my little rant a little bit later. I'm going to talk about it because I, I need to just vent. But there's some stuff we got to get through first, and there's a little tidbits we want to go through, and then we're going to get into the real meat of the podcast, and that's talking about the Bobby Ryan buyouts and the Senators' shitstorm of an organization. And all well, that fun stuff. Uh, I tell you what, Keeks, we'll just jump right into that. You um, sure? Yeah, no, let, let's get right into that because I, I think you've got a lot more to say about that than we've got to say about basically anything else that's on our hit list here. So yeah, let, let's get right into the Bobby Ryan stuff. Um, but first, uh, just um, welcome everybody to the Little Hockey Podcast. I'm oh, right, jo- intro stuff. I'm yeah. about that. Uh, I'm Jordan, uh, here with my brother Keegan. Say hey, hi. Keeks. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. Um, please make sure to uh, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at little hockey pod. Uh, you can rate and review the show on Apple podcasts. We, uh, we will read out any five star reviews that we see on, uh, on our shows. You can also find us on Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, tune in and Alexa. Um, and also Apple Music, uh, whenever that actually gets up and running, who knows? I still have not been able to find our podcast on that, but I think it's because I need an Amazon Prime uh, membership for it. And, uh, you know, I don't, I can wait two days to get all my Amazon stuff. I don't need Prime. Yeah, but without Amazon Prime, you don't get to watch that new Lord of the Rings show that may or may not actually happen. Hey, w- when that comes out, then I'll be I'll I'll get a prime membership, but I'm not doing it now. That's um, fair. I, although I will say it, it has been kind of tempting with all of the talk about uh, the boys that I keep seeing. Apparently, that's oh my god! Apparently, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that's our intro. Uh, again, please uh, make sure you're following us on whatever app you listen on, uh, and if you're able to, please, 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 please leave a review for us. Uh, because it helps other people find the show and it helps them know, uh, you know, what to expect when they're listening. But without further ado, Keegs, let's uh, get into the Bobby Ryan buyout situation here. What, what are your thoughts on it uh, just in general here? So as soon as I heard about the Bobby Ryan buyout, I texted you. Yeah. What I said was Bobby Ryan just got bought out. I'm pissed. 
That was my immediate reaction was just, pardon me, was just straight like anger, a mix of anger, frustration, and disappointment. Now, before you go any further, imagine a year or two years ago, if present day you got to go back or, or, or imagine it was like two years ago that uh, Bobby Ryan got bought out. Two years ago. Or even a year ago. A year ago oh, today. It would, so, it so would not have been the same. Yeah. It 100% would not have been the same because we didn't know as much as we know now. Right. right? We didn't have the information of Bobby Ryan's struggles off the ice. Um, we didn't have his tremendous comeback story, you know, 100 days sober, uh, first game back in Ottawa after coming back, gets a hat trick, winning the Bill Masterton. We didn't have all that. We didn't have that information. We didn't have those memories. But we do. It doesn't matter about talking about a year ago. It doesn't matter talking about like... No, oh, no, no. I, I just wanted to put it into context, right? Yes. That, you know, a year ago or two years ago... Um, it would have been different. It, it would have been different. Like a lot... Of, it would have been exciting for the Senators, for Senators fans to be like, oh, okay, we're getting that contract off the books. That's good. Because, you know, as, as nice of a guy as Bobby Ryan may be off the ice he's not a seven and a quarter million dollar player on the ice anymore. Um, no, he hasn't been since he left Anaheim. But, and, and even, you know, if you take away the Bill Masterton trophy, okay, just, it, just for what he know, did. Yeah. Say, say that that didn't happen. Say the, the, the season finished as it would have typically, right. The cup would have been handed out in June uh, off season would have started right after that, and you know we'd be like watching preseason right now. No, we'd be like less than a week away from the start of the regular season. Yeah. Now imagine Bobby Ryan was bought out in June of this year in a typical off season. Do, is do that think, under the you, assumption? Is that under the assumption that he still went to rehab and everything? Yeah, yeah. All of the other stuff still the same. Uh, I. How, would, how are you feeling then? The same as I do now. Are you sure? Because I think a lot of, I think a lot of the sentiment around Bobby Ryan's contract has to do with the other veteran players that are leaving or not returning, not returning to the team, and yes, this, but and, here, and the context around them, around why that's happening. I think that has a lot account. to do with ever what with what's coloring Senators fans' opinions of it, and mine too. I like, I don't get it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense for them to buy him out and claim that it's a hockey decision the way that they have been. But yeah, you go ahead. Here's my counter. Even if this season went as planned, these three players still would have left. Yeah, no, I, I do think you're probably right. Um, I, I would say I don't know if that would be the case with Bobby Ryan. I think with COVID and the team not making like, okay, here's why I was pissed. Unless I heard from either Pierre Dorian or Bobby Ryan, that this was Ryan's decision. Unless I had heard that I, as well as everyone else knew this was a money thing. Oh yeah. It's by buying out, by buying out Bobby Ryan, the centers are saving three and a half million dollars. And yeah, like relative to, an NHL team's payroll, three and a half million dollars, isn't necessarily a ton of money, right? 
That's Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah. Like, like it, it's a significant chunk for most teams. And when you're talking about an individual player, you know, three and a half million dollars can be a lot. But in, in terms of like, you know, teams that are valued in the hundreds of millions or like low billions or uh, team owners that have net worths of billions of dollars, you know, three and a half million isn't a ton, but you know, the Senator's ownership and team valuation aren't in that same level as most other teams. Right. No, the Senator's it is, it is a big chunk of money. I would say the Senators are either a bottom 10 or a bottom five team when it comes to their actual value, like how much it would cost to buy them. They're in the bottom percentage of the league. I, I, yeah, the Senators do have some other things that help boost the actual value of the, I don't know, the franchise or the company overall, right? Like the, the Senators own their arena. So that's helpful. There are, there are a lot of teams that don't own their arena, especially yeah. the ones that struggle financially. Um, and then there's also um, Senators Sports and Entertainment or, or whatever their company is that owns all of those arenas. Capital Sports and Capital Sports and Entertainment. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know because I used to sign my paycheck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's very transparently a financial decision, which makes it more frustrating when the team keeps coming out saying it's a hockey decision. Is like that, how we said this was going to be Keegan's rant. Well, no, and like, I, yeah, it's. I, I'm just trying to help you organize some of your thoughts here and give context to your your rage. But uh, sure, yeah, but it, I would I would like to rage first before you give context to it, please. Sure, sure. Here, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you, I'll let you do that. Okay, so right away, this is going to one. I am currently drinking a gin smash. Long day at work and trying to process these thoughts have made me want to drink. So there's that. Hashtag not sponsored. Um. Not only that, but it's just this has got to be the end of an era in Sens Lane, right? No one from our team three years ago is still on or part of the organization anymore. Every single player now that was a part of that run in 2017 is gone. Everyone. Clark MacArthur's off the books. Bobby Ryan's gone. Borvietsky's going into free agency. Craig Anderson's not being offered a contract. Not only that, one thing that I find is going to be more significant than people may realize, or at least something that I find to be pretty significant, this is the first time since 1996 that there's been a player on Ottawa that did not play with Daniel Opperson. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is weird. That's crazy. That is weird. Wow. Since 1996, this is the first time any player wearing a Sens uniform has not played with Daniel Alfredson, barring us getting someone in the league that played for the Sens while Alfie was on it. Barring yeah. us signing Jason Spezza. Hey, you keep your disgusting hands off of our golden boy. That's fine. He <laughs> hates Ottawa now anyway because we ran him out of town. <laughs> yeah, you guys sure did. <laughs> yeah, we fucking did. Like, it's weird. The Sens are definitely doing this new and improved or not even improved this new go with the young guys they're doing the throwback with new players and that's fun and exciting 
And as a business, it makes sense doing what they did. It makes sense not offering Craig Anderson, a goalie well out of his prime, a contract. It makes sense not offering him a contract. It makes sense to buy out Bobby Ryan if you're struggling. As a business, if you, if you have an asset that is overpaid and you can save on that, it makes sense to take the option to do that. It makes sense to, well, I don't know if they let Borowiecki go to free agency or if he, if it was his decision, by the sounds of it, it was a bit of a mix of both. Yeah, we, we can get into that after Bobby Ryan because I there were some interesting things that I heard and read this week that uh, we can talk about in regards to Borowiecki. Sounds good. But in regards to that, like, I always thought, I said it in one of our very first episodes, I love the idea of a rebuild. I love the idea of scorched earth. Get rid of everything, start from scratch. It's my favorite way to solve a problem is just completely restart, build it from the ground up, and build it your way. What I did not take into consideration is who we will be losing in that scorched earth. Borvietsky emerged as one of, if not the most favorite senator with everything he's done off the ice and even his personality on the ice. Bobby Ryan, like he was always, I don't want to say he was an always because there was a lot of, con- not necessarily controversy, but sense fans weren't really too sure if they liked him when he first came because of how much we gave up for him and the fact that he wasn't the consistent 30 goal scorer that we thought we were getting. But he's, he's always been some kind of a, a fan favorite because he's always just such a nice guy. And he's, he's actually really funny. He's actually pardon me, he's really fun to listen to his interviews because he's just so blunt and open, makes jokes and everything. Like, eh, I think at the beginning of the year when they were talking about his contract and now he's like, well, I'm not going to say it sucks because it works out really well for me. Just little comments like that just endeared him to fans. But the fact that these players are gone, that is the hardest part of this rebuild. And I think what makes it the hardest part is not necessarily because of the players we're losing. It's the fact that they're just gone. We have nothing to show. Like, like for Eric, or Eric Carlson, we got assets. For Mark Stone, we got something to look forward to. We're, for Pajot, Dezingle, Duchesne, all those guys... Even Hoffman, like Hoffman, we got something. For these three guys, these three fan favorites, Borvietsky, Craig Anderson, Bobby Ryan, they're just gone. That's it. We don't even know if Craig Anderson's going to be coming back. He could be just done. Borvietsky will sign somewhere. I think last I heard, Elliot Friedman was saying Florida's going to be really interested in him. Yeah, they'll give him four years and two million per or something. <laughs> Yeah, or they'll give them the Michael Matheson of eight years, three and a half million dollars. Um, and Bobby Ryan, I'm Bobby Ryan's not a top six forward anymore. No. But sign him to a million dollars or like two million bucks, and he'll be a solid depth contributor for you. I, I don't think Bobby Ryan is a two million dollar player anymore. I like I he he gets forty points. I don't think he does now. I don't think I don't think he'll get it in a full season next year. Um, I think Bobby Ryan is at best a depth forward and potentially even an AHL player at this point. Um, hey, if, hey, hey! No, I. It's not his fault, right? 
that's just you know how aging works yeah i think he's 35 now i i don't even think he's 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 not 35 he's sydney crosby's age he's from crosby's draft all so right he's, he's like 32 33 oh yeah i think it was going to be he was 35 at the end of the deal yeah but it's just He's got hard miles on his body, right? His hands. He's got a thousand broken fingers. Yeah, every single one of his fingers has been broken six times. He, like, how he holds anything in his hands is beyond me, let alone plays hockey. Um, so I, I think if he gets a contract this year, it's one year at league minimum to show if he can still play. I don't anticipate he can still play, and I think at this time next year he's out of the league. Um, uh, so Bobby we, Ryan we, turned 33 in March. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that being said, like it, it does make sense for, well, it makes sense for a team with Bobby Ryan's contract to buy him out. Except for the senators. Yes. Uh, we you, need. Yeah. You, you need to get to the cap floor. All like buying no. Bobby Ryan. It, it it did a few things, right? Number one, it saved Ottawa three, like a little more than three and a half million dollars overall. Number two, um, it removed a veteran player of seemingly high character or quality character out of their dressing room, which is something that Pierre Dorian said that they're going to be targeting in free agency. And it's like, okay, like I understand you don't want to pay seven million dollars for character. But also, like, why are you going to pay Bobby Ryan's buyout and bring in somebody else to be Bobby Ryan, basically? Like, and then third, it pushed them further away from the cap floor. So that means they have to spend more money this offseason. And to assets. Get, yeah, in order to get to the minimum, the bare minimum money that they have to spend next season. And finally, it doesn't make sense as a hockey deal um, because... Because of points A through C, you just said. Well, also, they don't have any young right wingers in their organization. There isn't. Uh, a, there isn't. No, the like it, um, Haley Salvi and and uh, Graham Nichols on the Common Sense podcast were going. They went through the entire organization, and they're, they're like, there are no natural right wingers in the Senators organization that can pop into the NHL and take Bobby Ryan's spot. They don't oh, have Drake anyone. Drake Batherson. Drake Batherson's not a right winger. Yes, he is. He's a right-handed shot right winger who gets oh. over a point per game in the AHL. He's okay. our only, only right winger, pro- natural right winger prospect, though. Okay, so is he going to be playing on the third or fourth line this season? No, he's going to be playing on the first. Yeah, so he's not taking Bobby Ryan's spot. And Bobby Ryan wasn't taking his spot. Well, technically, Bobby Ryan wasn't taking anyone's spot this past year. Well, he, he was on the he roster was out for at a... some point. And, this coming and he year... was a healthy scratch. He was a healthy yeah. scratch before he went to rehab. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if, so if, in that sense, the buyout makes makes sense in, in a hockey perspective. Yeah, except in the situation, like Ottawa is a unique situation, right? If they were a contending team right now, today, buy and, him out, and they had Bobby Ryan sitting in the press box every night because he's not good enough to make the team. Yeah. Buy him out. Absolutely. That makes sense. That's a hockey move. You need to free that space uh, on, the, on the cap and in the, uh, the, on the roster for somebody that can actually play and contribute. But with the Senators, like, who, who cares? Just, yeah, pay him his money. Let him sit in the press box. 
let them hang out with the younger players and show them what kind of work ethic you need to be in the NHL. And like, yeah, it sucks that it's going to cost you like $15 million, but you know what? Maybe at the end of this season, sure. You buy them out then, whatever. Then it, it one it, year. Yeah. It, it's two years and it's, um, it, you know, you're sa- you're still saving a little bit of money and, but it, it's, it's just another symptom of the penny pinching of the Ottawa Senators and their owner. That, that, like- that, that's what it is. It's just another symptom of the owner having no money and trying to squeeze every dime out of every single possible spot he can. <sighs> the Ottawa Senators were the only team in the NHL to make budget cuts over 25% when COVID hit. Yeah. I'm not sure. They, if went, we up got, to, uh, they went up to 50. Yeah. They cut their coach's salary in half to the point where the coaches filed. Uh, what is it? What's, what is that called? A, a grievance? Yeah. They, they grieved it to the league and the league told Melnick, you have to pay your coaches retroactive to the start of the training camps that the senators weren't involved in. Um, because that's how bad it was. I think the next um, largest cut was like the Kings and they cut like, it was 25%. It was a, well, I saw some teams that had like a temporary 30% cut. Yeah. But the Sens weren't temporary. No, the senators were like, yeah, basically from March until August or something, they, they cut their coaches salaries in half. So, yeah, you have to wonder what kind of relationship the coaches are going to have with the team now that they're like, you don't value us enough. Like, you, you, you cut our pay during a global pandemic in half when best practices in the NHL were like 20%, 25% on average, right? Like, it's, it's nuts. The, yeah, this team... The, Just sell the fucking team. Yeah, exactly. That w- that's what I was going to say. Like, the best thing that can come out of this whole COVID situation for... Senators fans is that uh, Melnick goes absolutely bankrupt and is forced to sell the team. You heard that Alfredson and other parties made a bid for the Ottawa Senators to buy them off Melnick a couple years ago, eh? Well, yeah, he's just so far up his own ass with this stuff that he's yeah, like yeah. Um, so to put this into context, Eugene Melnick bought the team, bought the Ottawa Senators organization for ninety million dollars and the arena. The Senators came with the arena to $90 million. Alfredson and company reportedly, I have no insider. I have nothing. This is just what I heard through like podcasts and news reports and things like that. Alfredson and contributing party or contributing other parties offered Melnick $150 million. Mm. That is still very low. Yes. In, ter- in terms, looking, Melnick was looking for two hundred and fifty. That is also still very low in terms of yeah, but it's a the, small the value of, team in Canada. Sure, but you got to look at how much like the I don't even how much were the Coyotes sold for recently. I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, they, it's all right. I'm going to look up, look it up. But it's just like I want. This is what makes it so frustrating to be a sense fan. Because I want to be excited about this team. I want to be excited for, like, I really like Pierre Dorian. I really like DJ Smith. I think that is a good duo of GM 
and coach that are on the same page, and I think they could do well together. I really like our coaching staff. I think it or our our scouting staff. Sorry, I think it's I forget which man is it because we have Troy and Trevor Mann, and one of them's our head scout, and the other one is our AHL coach. I forget which one's which. I think Troy Mann is our scout, and he does a phenomenal job. We have some of the best scouting in the league and some of the best development in the league. Think of the guys that we've brought in from our later round picks. Dezingle was a seventh round pick. Stone was a sixth round pick. Hoffman was a fifth round pick. Uh, Borvietsky was a fourth rounder, I think. Uh, even Drake Batherson was a fourth round pick and he's looking like he's going to be a star. Alex Formanton was a late second round pick and he looks like he can make the NHL next year. Like, it's just, it's so frustrating to see so many people in the organization doing their job and doing their job well and putting in forth this beacon, this light of hope of look, Look at what we can do. Look at Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Thomas Shabbat, Branstrom, JBD, Thompson, friggin' even our goalies, Gustafson, Decord, Hogberg. Now we got the best goalie from the QMJHL and Kevin Mandelis. Uh, Mad Sogard has another year in the WHL to hopefully prove that he can be a dominant and a top goalie prospect. We've got just so many good pieces. And none of it means shit because of Melnick. None of it. It gives me such hope to see these guys on the ice. And it gives me such fear because I feel like they're going to play themselves out of my team. That, I think, is what's the most frustrating thing. The fact that we can't even pay Bobby Ryan or that we don't want to pay Bobby Ryan to be on our team anymore because we need players like him, just not him. Why not him? I don't, I don't get it. You don't need to make the fucking playoffs next year. Just don't come last and we'll be happy. Show some semblance of improvement and sense fans will be happy. You know what else will make us happy? Not getting rid of the best feel-good story of, or one of the best feel-good stories of the entire league last year. Like, he's a, he's a fan favorite. One of the fan favorites that you've recently uh, departed from. But just, like... I was hoping that it was just Bobby Ryan who said, look, I'm in a good spot. I want to make a cup run. I was hoping that's what it was. And the fact that he put out a statement saying it was a shock to even him, like you didn't even let him fucking know. Are you kidding me? Get fucked. Like, holy shit. Like, I, I, I don't know if you can tell, but it, all this is starting to bubble up and boil over. Like, I'm wearing my Brady Kachuk sweater right now, and I'm, I, I can't wait for him to get the C, and it seems like they're going to announce he's getting an extension. But I don't think he's going to make it to the end of that because if Melnick stays here, he's going to think that, oh, you know, however much money they're going to pay him, it's too much, and we, you know, we need to get rid of him. It's like, fuck, man. Yeah, it's... Uh... So, yeah, I, I found um, some estimates on the Coyotes. The, the newest owner um, that bought the team in 2019, he, he bought a majority stake. So it, it, I don't think it uh, gives a percentage anywhere, but he, he, doesn't even, he doesn't own the team outright. And he paid... Um, like see. 300 mil? It was around $300 million that he paid yeah, for I think like, I remember hearing that. most of the team. Not 250 for the team and arena. Yeah. So now, 
so yeah, it, ma- it makes sense that Melnick would turn down those offers from a few years ago because like the lowest valued teams in the NHL are going to be worth like three or four hundred million dollars on their own, and then the Senators own a building on top of that. Plus, yeah, but you also got to plus all of the their fact- other assets too, right? But you also got to consider the fact that buying the building doesn't really matter because they need a new one. Yeah, that and that's fair. So the value of the building could be less than. Well, the value, the fact that you got to build your own building essentially when you buy the team could drag down the value of the team. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I'm not even getting an arena. I'm getting just the franchise and I got to pay for a new arena. That's where it shoots the price down, right? Yeah, exactly. But that's been the same with a lot of teams too. Like the Coyotes are trying to build a new arena too. And they, they still got $300 million for a majority stake. So it's, it's just, it seems like the senators are Melnick's only source of income now. Which is ridiculous because who makes money off an NHL team? Yeah, no, sports teams aren't like they're, you don't make money off of a sports team. Um, The NFL, maybe NFL and NBA, you might. But their costs, MLB, are so, their costs are so much higher, right? True, but their the, the profits more, the, are also so much higher. Yeah, but it, it's still relative to the costs that they're like in all sports. Um, revenues are tied. Um, or oh, shit, sorry. Ugh, like the the profits that the owners and the players make are all still tied to revenue, right? So the more money you make, the more money you have to pay to the players. That, that's how the NHL works. That's how the NFL works. That's how all of the professional leagues work. Um, so it, it doesn't matter how much money they bring in. It ju- that just means that they're going to send more money out the door too. And that's the same in any business. The larger the business is, the more cost you're going to have because you're going to have more employees. You're going to be spending more money on marketing or on your products or, or whatever, Right. Right. But with professional sports or professional sports franchises, it's just owning them is a, it's just a big dick measuring contest for all of, for billionaires, right? It's a hobby for them. They get to pump hundreds of millions of dollars into their hobby. Just like you or I pump like a hundred or $250 every few months into whatever fun thing we like to do. You know, I'm probably, I'm going to drop 700 bucks on, the PlayStation five in a few months. Um, that's, that's <laughs> my equivalent of owning a sports franchise. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's to the scale. Yeah. So it's, uh, but it, it's an issue when your owner is relying on the income from his professional sports team because they don't make a ton. Um, and, and that's the biggest issue with Melnick is that he's, he's dragging down this franchise, its fans, and, its, and the city because of just how big of an asshole he is. Nobody wants to work with him. Nobody wants to support the team because they know that he gets the benefits from it. So, yeah, it's, I totally get your frustrations. They're all valid. Um, the Senators, like... They have so many good people in the right spot. It's just the person at the top. That's it. Yeah, I said and- it. I said it in one of our first episodes. Get this man away from my city and get this man away from my hockey team. Yeah. The Sens will not win a cup with Eugene Melnick. 
No, I, I don't think so. And this five years of unparalleled success that's coming up, I, I think the flame of hope for that is withering with every day that passes. Oh, it's like shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. As, as great as it is for the Senators to have, you know, the top or two top five picks in this draft plus another late first round pick and all of their young and exciting prospects and all of the young and exciting players on the NHL roster, it's going to be for nothing because the fucking owner isn't going to, he's not going to put money down when the time comes. It, a year from now is when the team is going to have to start spending money. And we're still going to be in a COVID world at that point. There's a good chance that between now and this time next year, there's not going to be a full building in the NHL because they're just not allowed to. It's certainly not going to be the case in Ottawa. You know, we're probably a few days or weeks away from everything getting shut down again. Strip clubs are already closed. It's a oh, sad geez. time. Yeah, sad time. But you know what? Casinos are open, so that'll help. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that'll help scratch some of your riches, right? Um, yeah. No, it's just... Like, no, it, I, you're, you're absolutely right that all of the Senators' problems start at the top, and it's because they've got probably the only owner in the league that is not willing to put any money into the team. Fucking he says he is. He no, says yeah, that he, of course he is. And they said that the Bobby Ryan buyout was a hockey decision, and it's blatantly not. <laughs> and good Mel point. <laughs> Melnick blatantly is not willing to put money into the team. Oh, but he paid Thomas Shabbat and Colin White. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, fuck Colin White. That was a great deal. God. <laughs> well, we don't know yet. It's only year one, and he was injured for half the season. Yeah, I... I'll give him... Uh, before I make any harsh judgments on Colin White, I'm going to see him this coming year when he's fully healthy at the beginning of the season. I'll make and a then harsh I'll judgment. Pass judgment. I'll make a harsh judgment. He gets bought out before that deal's done. Um, uh, that's fine. How many <laughs> people said that about Willie the first year he signed his contract? Oh, yeah, but those people are all fucking olds and idiots. And ah, well, Colin... <laughs> <laughs> I think Colin White, make, Colin White makes less than $4.5 million. I think yeah. they can handle No, it. no, I, I don't think Colin White will get bought out. I just don't think he's going to uh, play for the Senators after... I, I don't think he's going to be playing for the Senators by the end of that contract just because they're going to be like, oh, this was a mistake. I don't or, think he's going to be or, playing for the Senators because we have better players coming up. Yeah. He's uh, a center. We, yeah. I can think of three centers in the organization that have higher ceilings and will probably reach them. All right, we're getting short on time. So uh, I, I wanted to talk about uh, Mark Borowiecki briefly. Because there, there were some things, again, that I heard on the Common Sense podcast with Haley Salvian and uh, Graham Nichols that I thought I were f- interesting. Um, I thought I had that show saved on my Spotify, but I didn't see any new episodes for it. So I'm going to check that while you intro all this. Yeah, it came out over the weekend. Um, Haley was talking about, uh, I think it may have been like a 31 Thoughts thing or something else, um, but she was saying that there may have been a falling out between Borowiecki and the Senators around December or the new year. Because Pierre Dorian, around that time, kept saying that that the the Senators wanted to make Borowiecki a send for life. Send is for life. Yeah. And apparently, 
no conversations happened with Borowiecki about a contract extension at that time. Really? Yeah. That's kind of what came up was that Borowiecki and his, his family felt that what was being said publicly was not the same as what was being said to them. And basically that when the trade deadline came around, they had no idea what was going on because the team kept saying, oh yeah, we, we don't want to move on from Borowiecki, but then they also hadn't reached out to talk about a contract. So they thought that they were very possibly getting traded. And then Borowiecki didn't like being treated like that because as we can see from a lot of the things he does publicly, he is quite a stand-up good person. Yeah, you know, so, stopped a robbery. Yeah, stopped a robbery in Vancouver. Um, he's very open about his support for like the LGBTQ community and um, Black Lives Matter and a bunch of other um, issues. Um, and he, there's, there's a, a guy in Vancouver that um, got his leg broken by some, uh, some fucking proud boys or Nazi thugs that were harassing some people. And uh, I think it was in the gay area of Vancouver and he stood up for the, uh, the people getting harassed. And then these guys ganged up on him and broke his leg. And Borowiecki um, went to visit him and dropped off a, some game-used gloves. In Vancouver, Borowiecki was like, oh yeah, hey, I'm around. I came to visit you, and uh, here's some game-worn gloves for you. And it just blew the guy away, because he's like, this guy plays on the other side of the country from where I live. And he, you know, he just, he heard about me, and he dropped these off for me personally. Like, holy shit, that's, that's crazy. So uh, unless I'm, unless I uh, read that story wrong, I believe the guy's name was Justin Morissette. He's on Twitter, but uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So Borowiecki is a stand-up good dude. And then he, I think, just he seems to feel that the team didn't treat him the same way that he treated them. Like he, he was basically a fucking pawn for Melnick's um, attempted redemption tour like a year or two ago right they forced borvietsky to sit down and, and interview melnick in that awkward video oh my god was that last year was that a year ago i i feel like i think it was at the beginning of last year yeah because that was the first year without carlson and that's what it was after the carlson trade yeah um Sorry, yeah, I'm just I'm pulling up the video to see when it was uh, posted. I think it was um, September twenty. Uh, I guess that would be September twenty eighteen. Um, yes, you're right. So yeah, two years ago now. So yeah, the the senators. It just seems like they didn't treat him the way that he should. Should yeah, have been. that he deserved to be treated as a leader in the community, a leader on the team, a leader on the ice. And yeah, he has every right to walk away from the team now and, and you know, go somewhere else, explore his options. It's, it's just, again, if the team is looking for quality veteran leaders to help these young guys come up in the league, Mark Borowiecki was an inexpensive option to do that, that already knew the team, already knew the community, was, in, was well entrenched in the community, well known here and well liked. 
and yeah, they just let him go. And I think that, I think the Borvietsky thing in particular is a big reason why a lot of Sens fans are up in arms about the Bobby Ryan buyout because it's, it's just the same thing over again, right? With a, with a new person this time, it's, uh, it's just ridiculous the shit that's going on with the team. And, you know, as exciting as the new rebrand is, I don't think it, I don't think a new Jersey is going to uh, mend Senators fans feelings. An old Jersey. Yeah. And yeah, actually, that was kind of another one of my thoughts was that like the, the Sens with their, their rebrand, you know, it kind of seems like it could have just been a money-saving opportunity there too, right? They sure don't seem like they paid anybody to do this rebrand. They're like, oh yeah, we'll just use that logo from 25 years ago and uh, the jerseys from 25 years ago and... Call it a day. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, we'll just do that. That's what everybody wants. So we're just going to do exactly that and not put any other money into it. So To be fair, isn't that what Toronto, Arizona... um who else has done a rebrand recently? Well, Toronto's rebrand was like a little different. The the logo got like the the logo is reminiscent of their ones from like the 30s and 40s and stuff, but it's updated. The Senators changed the color of one line on their logo. Hey, that's updated. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, but I like I would have liked it more if they did it if they like modernize the whole thing but uh, that, that's a different discussion for when they actually release the whole thing um yeah do you have anything else on uh, the tire fire senators i love my hockey team i do i love my team i love the players i love the staff from everything i've ever heard everyone there are just great people get melnick the fuck out you love everything about the team from the second top step down, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. get, him the right. Fuck, get him the fuck away from my team. All right, we've got about uh, 15 minutes here, so we're going to uh, hustle. Uh, the game six of the cup final goes tonight. Tampa's currently leading three games to two. Uh, what do you think happens in the game? Tampa wins and double overtime. Victor Hedman gets the goal. Oh, I don't want to stay up that late, though. Oh, I'm not going to stay up that late. Like, I think it's or- it's quarter after eight right now at the time of this recording. Uh, and I think they've already started. And by that, I mean the national anthem probably just ended. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, well, on Saturday, I guess it was, when the game went to double overtime, uh, I caught a little bit of it before I, I, I was playing hockey at nine. So I watched a bit of it before leaving. And then I got home and I watched uh, the first overtime which uh, for the most part was boring as shit. Like I've got to say, I, I don't want to watch the Dallas stars. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the whole time watching them, I'm like, man, the, the stars are just getting absolutely fucking caved in here. They're just getting the shit beat out of them. Uh, and they're absolutely going to win this game because hockey's the dumbest <laughs> sport on earth. <laughs> no, hockey's the funnest sport. Oh, no, it, it is not fun when a team with 15% of the expected goals in a game wins. That's fucking dumb. 100% that's fun. I don't want to watch a game where the best team wins every single game every time. Fuck that. No, but if... <laughs> but that that being said... Wouldn't you like it a bit more if the two teams were trying to score in just instead of just one team trying to score and then the other one is like, 
you know what? Uh, let's take a shot now. And then we're going to wait 25 minutes and then we'll take another shot. Does that sound hey, good? Cool. I watched every single game of the Senators in 2016, 2017, playing that boring defensive style. And I loved it. You know why? Because it worked. Oh, yeah. No, again, I, I don't blame Dallas Stars fans for liking their team being successful. That being said, uh, fuck the Stars. Their games are boring as shit to watch. And uh, I hope Tampa Bay wins tonight 8 nothing, And it's uh, not even close. So uh, there we go. <laughs> That's what I hope wow. for. Wow, cool. Yeah. You're not. What's, what do you have against the Stars? Uh, like I said, boring as shit to watch. <laughs> Why does it matter? They're, whoever wins the cup wins the cup. Because I don't want the rest of the NHL to copy that boring-ass style. I don't think many... Yes, uh, okay, they, they how will. How about this? 100%. The Do you Anaheim, think the our, either of our teams will copy them? No, but the teams they play against will. And as well, a Tor- that, I'm not as watching Toronto, those other teams every night. No, as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, when other teams start playing more defensively, my team can't win. Well, I'm sorry that you are one trick pony that gets shut down when two guys go to the middle of the fucking ice. Hey, the Dallas Stars are a one trick pony too. If Anton Hudobin is anything less than a 925 goalie, they don't win. Uh, I think he's actually less than that. Yeah, I know. He hasn't been very good in the finals. And yet they still have won two games. Yeah, two games. Yeah. Again, fingers crossed. I hope the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning kick the shit out of them tonight. (laughs) Um, Worst. So there was a... Did you want to talk about some more of those trades? Yeah, because like I said, there's one joke that I want to get in. So uh, Chicago (laughs) reacquires Brandon Peary. Um, and I just wanted to ask if Stan Bowman went to the uh, Jim Rutherford school of uh, being an NHL GM. Of getting the band back together? Oh, well, yeah, because Stan Bowman, like, he's reacquired um, Brandon, Brandon Um I feel like there are some other guys, too. Um, shit, I can't think of any of them. <laughs> but, but, yeah, Brandon Saad, Brandon Peary, maybe he just likes guys named Brandon. Um, but yeah, because Jim Rutherford, I was looking it up. I, I had remembered that Joe Corvo played for the Hurricanes a bunch of times, and Jim Rutherford acquired him no less than three times. What? Yes. J- um, Jim Rutherford traded for Joe Corvo from the Ottawa Senators, and then traded Joe Corvo to the Washington Capitals. And then he signed Joe Corvo as a free agent, traded him to the Boston Bruins, and then re-signed him a year later. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He must have really liked Joe Corvo. Yeah. I mean, I like Joe Corvo. I didn't think he was a bad player. He wasn't great on Ottawa. I mean, he scored that one playoff goal. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I remember and, the and goal. Then- I don't remember who it was against or what playoff it was, but I remember him scoring a playoff goal. And Jim Rutherford uh, traded and then reacquired Casperi Kapanen in this past season. And there's some other ones. I just didn't bother looking any further at it. Literally all I wanted to talk about this uh, trade for was that joke. Cause like who gives a shit about Brandon Beery? <laughs> I'm again, sure. He's like a perfectly average to nice person, but uh, you know, 
the Blackhawks aren't winning the cup because of this as much as Stan Bowman might think they will because they won it once when he was on the team. But also, I had no idea Brandon Perry was on the light and was on uh, was on the um, Golden Knights. That's fine. Brandon Perry is a guy that I hear and go, "Oh, I've heard that name before." Yeah, that's absolutely. it. That's it. Um, and Mark Stahl. Say, do we have do we have time to get into another one? Yeah, yeah, we've got uh, nine minutes here. So okay. Mark Stahl traded to Detroit along with a second round pick for future considerations. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's got to be a template for a Carl Alsner trade to Ottawa, right? <laughs> Get fucked. Hey, like, uh, that, that, ha- that would be good for Ottawa. You would get a second or maybe even better, as I'm about to make the case here, uh, round pick. And Detroit literally gave up nothing. Future considerations. Those considerations could be, hey, uh, let's make a se- super cool secret high five handshake between two GMs done end of trade wicked could be a seventh round pick. It could be literally nothing. They could just be like, Oh, it was Mark Stahl. Who cares? Um, so Mark Stahl has one year left on his uh, contract. His cap hit this season is going to be $5.7 million. His actual salary is 3.2. And then he had a $1 million signing bonus that presumably has already been paid. So this season, Mark Stahl is going to cost uh, the Detroit Red Wings $3.2 million in salary. Carl Alsner has two years left on his deal, $4.6 million cap hit. This coming season, he has $1.5 million in salary and a $1.5 million signing bonus that's already been paid. Next season, $3.5 million salary, no signing bonus. Um, so the main differences here is that Carl Alsner has $5 million of actual money left on uh, this contract versus Mark Stahl, who had, um, he's got just over three. Yeah, 3.2. Yeah. So I, and the Leafs this past season paid, I think it was 800 or so thousand dollars of cap space in that Robin Leonard deal that sent uh, Leonard to the uh, Golden Knights. They got what, a fifth? They got a fourth or a fifth. So if a fourth or a fifth round pick is worth $800,000, is a second or a first worth? So this this to me says that a second round pick is worth $3.2 million of actual cash. So two seconds is worth five. Two seconds could be worth five. A first could be worth five. Mm, I think you got to hit that six before it turns into a first. Potentially, but you know, but here's like, that he, we we'd have to do a deep dive into some other like cap dump trades that have been made to try to figure out what a first round pick is worth in actual money. Um, well, throw all I, those I, out I, the window because none of those trades happened during COVID. True. Yeah, that, and that's fair. So then Carl Alsner taking two, two years as well, $5 million of actual real money. That's got to be worth at least a second if you're going off of what Mark Stahl was traded for. So, you know, Ottawa makes a trade, future considerations for Carl Alsner and a second, maybe a second and a third. You know, 
Ottawa's laughing. I'm, here's the only snag with that. I don't know if you heard this, but I've been hearing this. Apparently, Ottawa has been talking to teams about trading some of their second-round picks this year. So we have four of them. And acquiring roster players. That's fucking dumb. It's so dumb. Yes. Like, yes. If, if Ottawa gives up assets to acquire players, like, yeah, cancel the um, five years of unparalleled success. It's officially not happening if Ottawa's doing that. There's no reason to give up assets for players this offseason when you can sign guys or not buy out Bobby Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... That, yeah, I they're, think they're, that... Ottawa, I think if Ottawa goes and gets players as, like, other teams' cap dumps or, like, roster players that could, like, mentor young players... If Ottawa goes and spends any kind of assets to get those players, there's going to be fucking fire and brimstone in Ottawa. You know, I, you know relatively speaking to the uh, attitude of the typical Ottawa citizen, right? <laughs> fire yeah. and brimstone from citizens of Ottawa is going to be like somebody standing on the sidewalk going like, hey, I'm not very happy about that. And then that's the end of the interaction. Whoa! <laughs> I was just looking at Tampa because I heard some people saying that Tyler Johnson might be a player Ottawa targets. Yeah. Um. Did you know that Blake Coleman makes less than two million dollars? Yeah. I did not. I feel like he is worth more than two million dollars. Oh, he absolutely is. Yeah. And he, he, he had is... a really good season this year, and somebody's going to overpay him whenever his next contract comes up. Uh, not this off season, but next. Oh shit! So he's going to be on Tampa for a whole ne- uh, a whole nother season. Damn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was a good trade for Tampa. That was worth the first round pick. Well, hey, we can get Mikhail Sergachev. He's yeah. an RFA. Yeah, RFA. Yeah. Do you know how much money he's going to cost? Uh, um, probably about a Thomas Shabbat. But um, yeah, so I, I'm still very much on the Ottawa should get Carl Alsner bandwagon and even more so now after this uh, mark stall trade i uh, like and and you know what the second round pick or or like whatever futures they're trading for don't have to be in this year's draft either no nope. Sp- spread out your picks and that you know that could kind of be the same uh, you, you could say the same thing about uh, a second that they move out for another player like if they are really looking at trading some of their second round picks this year because they feel like they've got a bunch of them, then you know what? Yeah, trade them for first. Well, no, yeah, no, you you don't want to trade up. There is not there's not a ton of value in trading up in the draft. But if you trade a second well, I round, to differ. If you trade a second round pick or two, then um, absolutely go out and make a. Mark Stahl type trade for a second round pick next year or a first round pick next year, right? Like it, if Ottawa's got all of these, uh, these, you know, um, these draft picks lined up for this year and they think that they can move them out to get uh, NHL Roster players, uh, NHL players that can jump in and they'll, that'll be around for when the team is competitive. Okay. Like those are going to be really hard to find, but you've also got to make sure that, you know, you're also, you're stocking your cupboards and 
being a, uh, a a small market team with a low budget, you really need to make sure you're you're winning all of your draft picks. And the more draft picks you have, the better shot you have of um, having more and higher quality NHL players in the future. So I I still really, really think that Carl Alsner should be a senator next season. Well, not on the team, but like... Well, look, our... like have a jersey number with the senators. Yeah. And just to put that into perspective, or just the trade, you know that second from... Uh, New York is for 2021, right? It's not this yeah, year. Yeah, it's not this year. It's next year. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. This this draft is too deep for uh, you just to be tossing tossing picks out like that. Yeah. Um, all right, our last item. We can just do this really, really quickly here. Um, Bob McKenzie tweeted out today that uh, he was – making his daily calls in semi-retirement around the league and was a little bit surprised at one player's name that kind of was cropping up in some trade rumors. Um, so, Keeks, what do you think the likelihood is of Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres being moved this offseason? I will trade our fifth-round pick for Jack Eichel. Fifth round? Fifth overall, sorry. <laughs> what about- I mean, if they take a fifth round, I'll, I'll do that, absolutely. But no, I like... I will trade. Fuck that. I'd trade our third overall pick for Jack Eichel. Would you trade both of them for Jack Eichel? No. You should be willing to trade both of them for Jack Eichel. I am not. I don't think either of the players that you would get with those picks would come close to Jack Eichel. I think to the two. I, of them I don't. I don't. Could. I don't think both of them combined would make it. Would make a Jack Eichel either. I. Th- wholeheartedly disagree i think in a couple years he's and it it may even be right now he could be a top five center in the league right now uh i think jack eichel is a top five center in the league i know i'm trying to think of like who's probably better and like mcdavid matthews mckinnon dry debatable is he a center (laughs) i know that's (laughs) <laughs> I, I've been hearing Idle for five months about, you know, he plays most of his minutes with McDavid and, you know, he's a second line center on his team and all this other shit, but it's kind of like, I've, I've got to start giving him his due because he's really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, is Crosby or Malkin better? I don't think Crosby is a top five center in the league anymore. He's I don't like, think, I don't know if I, Crosby I think he's a top six. 10 player in the league anymore. I still think he's right up there. Okay, can you name you can name five centers better than Crosby, right? Yeah. Okay. Can you name a couple defensemen that are better defensemen than Crosby as center? Victor Hedman. Oh. Victor Hedman's better at his position than Crosby is. I it, I don't know. It's it's so tough to um compare positions like that. I I would still have Crosby at like six or seven best centers in the league. And then, yeah. Is Kucherov better than Crosby? (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard. Is Mark Stahl better than, or or not Mark Stahl. Mark Mark Stahl, you know what? I'm going to be controversial here, Keegs. Mark Stahl is not better than (laughs) (laughs) Is Mark Stone better than Sidney Crosby? Oh, fuck. You know what? I'm still going to say no. 
Mark Stahl is incredible. He's probably a top five winger in the league, but I don't think he's better than Crosby. Uh, mm, mm. I, you know, I, Crosby's, I think Crosby's, Crosby's better offensively. A, he's Crosby's taken a dip, but he's still one of the best players in the league. But um, sure. Like you can be a top 15 player and still be one of the best players in the league. Yeah. I, I, I'd still say he's a top 10 player. I'd say Patrick Kane's better than Sidney Crosby. Uh, fuck Patrick Kane. Piece of shit. Yeah, uh, but he's a great hockey player. Finally, our last item. Um, so Ovechkin's better than Crosby, too. We, uh, there, we, Crosby's we, out of the top ten. We missed it a few weeks ago, but um, the Leafs hired Manny Malhotra as an assistant coach, and then this past week they hired former Senators head coach. The Walrus! Yeah, Mr. Paul McClain. Don't fuck with the Walrus! I have yeah. that shirt. Uh, I'm actually I'm pretty excited about these signings um Manny Malhotra when he was a player in the league he was well known for his uh, defensive prowess and his face-off ability so hopefully he can uh, bring some of those um skill sets and help develop them in our young players and Paul McLean by the sounds of it he's going to be taking on more of like an eye in the sky role which is interesting because he uh, was an analyst i believe on nbc or tsn for a, a short period of time when he wasn't coaching after um after he was uh, yeah after he was let go by the senators after and, he was a jack adams winner yeah and then he he was actually really good at it as an analyst um so i think that might have something to do with why the leafs are putting him um as like their eye in the sky assistant coach because he he's going to have a, a view from further away and i think that's going to help, um, especially the way that he's able to communicate what he sees. That's going to help um, the players on the ice and their development over these next couple of seasons. So hopefully this, uh, and also he's got head coaching experience and he's an older coach too. I think he's the oldest guy on the Leafs uh, coaching staff now, um, <laughs> which is what a lot of people were saying the Leafs were looking for in their assistant coach hire this offseason. That's why there was a lot of talk around Bruce Boudreaux was that uh, the Leafs were looking for somebody with head coaching experience that was older and had more just like time on an NHL bench. And then they hired Manny Malhotra in that role. And then now it, it makes sense that they put Paul McLean up, up uh, in like the press box area. And then he can kind of be that older coach with head coach experience as well as, um, you know, be kind of like a, a communicator for some more, um, you know, analysis-based development topics, I think. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, these new hires affect the Leafs' performance this season. But uh, overall, it's pretty exciting. Like, it's kind of interesting that the Leafs need coaches to improve their defense and their offense. Like, that's weird, isn't it? Well, you you know you can always be better. Yeah, but like they have their top power play is Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, and Morgan Riley. Yeah, I think the reason why the Leafs are looking for coaching in like especially the power play area, um, they've just been so predictable the last few years. As yeah, give it to Marner. Yeah, oh, fuck, man. Like, uh, as much as I love Marner, he's got to stop making the most complicated play he can on the ice. Every he's, time. Yeah, he's, he's looking for the, the highlight reel play every single time. And it's like, man, just, just 
make like a six foot fucking pass to the open guy for a change. Like, come on, pass to the guy that has no one on him. Um, yeah, so that should be that Willie. Is. Willie should be doing your power play quarterbacking, not Marner <laughs> or Matthews for that matter. I, hey, I think Matthews I, would be better as a quarterback than a one time option. I, I'm not opposed to uh, Nylander running it instead of Marner because at least Nylander is a, a um, he's got the the shot threat that Marner doesn't. Oh, he's got a very good shot, especially on his uh, on his strong side there. Oh yeah, like he he can wire it top corner. Like I, I'm so envious of that shot. It's so nice. Like it's he's got the second best shot on the team behind Matthews. It's still second by like sixty miles, but second nonetheless um yeah, yeah. Matthew's but, uh, the best wrist shot in the league but that's all of our time for this episode um we're keeping it short today because uh we've got some exciting things that we're trying to work on and we're trying to save some uh some of our time on our podcast hosting website uh in order to uh, deliver those exciting things to you so hopefully those will be up in the next um week or so so please stay tuned to your podcast feed for that. Um, and make sure to follow along on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll announce those exciting things when um, they're finalized, if they're finalized. Uh, so be sure to follow us at Little Hockey Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow me, Jordan, at J Small S or geez. Oh, let's start that over again. <laughs> you can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at the letter J S M A L L one seven seven one. That's J Small one seven seven one, and follow Keegan at L I L underscore Little twenty eight. Both of us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app. Please rate and review the show. We will read your five star reviews and follow us unfollow and refollow to help us climb up all of those algorithms and then other people can find the show and then they'll also get to hear about our exciting uh, announcements this week too so um please share the show stay tuned for our um, announcements and uh, we'll talk to you next time see you later guys catch you later everyone what a finish